It's January 2007, at least 10 years before cancel culture will become part of our everyday life. Way back in 2007, the world is a less connected place. Twitter is yet to celebrate its first birthday. The iPhone is nothing but a rumor. Yet we're about to witness cancellation on a global scale. In January, a new series of the UK's Celebrity Big Brother begins. On its third day, Jade Goody, a fan favorite from the civilian Big Brother house, enters. Over the next two weeks, her life changes forever, for a second time. Quite unexpectedly, she triggers an international incident that results in debates in the Houses of Parliament and effigies of her face being burned in India. In just 14 days, her reputation is left in tatters. She goes from the nation's sweetheart to public enemy. In other words, she is well and truly cancelled. Welcome to Cancelled. I'm your host, Leah, and this is the show where we look back at some of the biggest and most bizarre attempts to cancel people, corporations, and even countries. You may think that the subjects of our very rigorous and academic study deserve public disdain. You may think it's all a gross injustice, but it doesn't matter, because all of them were judged in the court of public opinion and ultimately cancelled. Jade Goody's story charts a meteoric rise from humble beginnings to reality superstar. But with that rise came many lows. Throughout her career, she was loathed and loved. Public perception shifted constantly, even until her death due to cancer at the age of 27. She came to represent the public shifting attitudes towards fame, class and race. And her cancellation changed reality TV forever. Jade Goody's first moment of fame came on the third series of the UK's Big Brother. A dental nurse from Bermondsey, London, she entered the house in 2002 and was immediately an outspoken presence. She stood out for her lack of filter. She proudly declared that she didn't think before she talked, an admission which would later become the cause of her downfall. As a housemate, she was chaotic, arguing, shouting, drinking, and even flashing the nation during a striptease. She shared her phobia of ketchup, hooked up with a fellow housemate under duvet covers, and made headlines when admitting she thought Rio de Janeiro was a person. With an unabashed freedom, she shared views and feelings that audiences at the time immediately disapproved of. The national media capitalized on the public's dislike of Goody, unleashing a tidal wave of abuse. The Daily Mirror labeled her, quote, the pig, end quote. With the harshness of the tabloid press, they covered front pages with doctored pictures of Goody, photoshopping her face onto a pig's body. This focus on shaming her spiraled out of control. Comedians impersonated her in fat suits, and she was treated as a national laughingstock. As soon as voting lines to the public were opened, Goody was nominated for eviction, and during the first eviction night, the audience were heard shouting chants, Jade's a pig, and get out Jade. A devastated Goody was saved by her fellow housemates, but the message was loud and clear. The public loathed her. But why were the public so full of hatred when she spent just days on the screen? A reason? Classism. The public and media labeled Goody a chav, a pejorative term that vilified a lower social class who was seen as ill-educated and likely to behave antisocially. The media turned her into a caricature for public debate about the acceptability of the so-called chav. Her lack of general knowledge was treated as indicative of a failing education system. 
Much of the debate scorned those who were the victims of the system rather than the system itself. Her openness about sex was deemed as promiscuous. She was slut-shamed and looked down on for performing oral sex on a fellow housemate, who, by the way, escaped scorn entirely. Comedian Jonathan Ross joked at the time that men would be desperate to, quote, shag her brains in, end quote, neatly summing up the distasteful attitude of many at the time. Do you ever wonder how celebrities order food? Like, is Sarah Paulson a Diet Coke or a regular Coke girlie? <laughs> Some peasant Coke? No. Or how does Sofia Vergara order a pizza? No, not, no tomatoes. I cannot eat tomatoes. No tomatoes? Yes. Are you killed with mushrooms? Not really. Okay. <laughs> if these are the details you need, and I know you do, I have the podcast for you. I'm Jesse Tyler Ferguson, and on my podcast, Dinners on Me, I take some notable friends of mine out to dinners in Los Angeles and New York City. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. That thing was delicious. This could have been the end for Goody, but as we will see, this was only her beginning. To continue the media frenzy, the press began to dig into her life. They found that she was brought up by her mother, Jackie Budden, on a council estate in Bermondsey with parents who struggled with addiction. As a child, she witnessed and experienced domestic violence at home. Her parents used money she'd earned to fund their addictions. According to her mum, Goody applied to Big Brother to escape her normal life to explore her own freedoms and to have a second chance at childhood. As the public learned more about Goody, their perceptions began to shift. The consensus that she was ill-educated and crass faded. Instead, she became a vulnerable young woman who'd experienced trauma and difficulty. In a dramatic shift, the public began to claim Goody as their own. Headlines that weeks before had brandished her as a pig suddenly praised her as a symbol of body positivity. Others, which had insulted her for being fickle and emotional, now applauded her honesty and vulnerability. Chance during eviction nights became calls for her to win the show, and while she eventually placed fourth, she was widely regarded as the show's breakout star, crowned the Princess of Bermondsey. Goody became an early prototype for the influencer, famous just for being famous. Big Brother catapulted her into a world where she would earn a living by being herself. In 2002, social media was yet to grip the world. Instead, Goody would regularly appear in various tell-all magazine interviews and on television talk shows, good-naturedly laughing along with hosts such as Jonathan Ross and Graham Norton who months earlier had been ridiculing her before the nation. At a time when many celebrities were insisting on their privacy, Goody offered unprecedented access to her life. She actively engaged with the press, tipping them off to stories about her and telling paparazzi where she planned to be so that they could generate more publicity for her. She was refreshingly honest and open, not hiding the rocky parts of her life, and in turn, the public fell deeper in love with her. Her stardom kept growing. She was working on her own TV shows and media appearances. Before long, Goody became the UK's first reality TV star to become a millionaire. By 2007, she was a household name and the only way was up, right? In late 2006, Goody was offered £50,000 to go back into the Big Brother house, but this time as a celebrity. This was the first time the Celebrity Big Brother format had featured a returning contestant, speaking to the level of fame she'd achieved. Goody accepted, stating that, quote, 
The worst that could happen is that I don't win. The best that could happen is that I do. End quote. With the benefit of hindsight, it is typically and tragically naive that Goody couldn't see the dangers of rolling the reality TV dice once more. Entering the house on day three with her boyfriend Jack Tweed and her mother Jackie Budden, Goody immediately appeared more self-assured. With the backing of her family, as well as previous experience on the show, she felt emboldened to speak her mind and act how she wished. The dynamic of the Celebrity Big Brother house in 2007 was particularly tense. Goody and her family's entry fed this tension, with many celebrity housemates bemused by their inclusion in the series. They thought Goody wasn't a real celebrity. Goody and her mum, Jackie Budden, immediately clashed with Bollywood royalty Shilpa Shetty, particularly over the fact that Shilpa had servants in her home in India. This tension of class and race set the stage for the explosive events that were to follow. The initial disagreement worsened when producers introduced a master and servant task over the following days. The house was divided in two. Half the contestants labelled the servants, half labelled the masters. The servant group were instructed to serve the commands of the masters. Goody, her boyfriend and her mother were among the masters, as was Shetty. Friction rose almost immediately between housemates, particularly with the group asked to serve. Immediately, one of the servant group left the house, declaring that he would not, quote, wait hand on foot for some moron and their family, end quote. Others complained that they were being ridiculed while performing tasks they felt were beneath them. The general consensus was that the natural order, which would assign Goody and her family to the bottom of the pile, had been upended. It didn't matter that it was temporary or for public entertainment, it felt wrong. The strain also showed within the group labelled masters. Goody and her family were riled up by those who embraced their power by teasing and mistreating the other group. Goody reacted emotionally, launching into heated spats with her fellow housemates, which worsened as time went by. Class, a common denominator for Goody's story, was once again rearing its head. The question that was at the core of the tension was not one of real or earned celebrity, but whether someone could transcend the social class they were born into. In an already volatile situation, disagreement continued between Jackie Budden and Shetty. Refusing to call Shetty by her name, Budden instead labels her Princess and The Indian, to sniggers from Goody and her newfound allies, Danielle Lloyd and Joe O'Meara. On day eight, after just five days, Budden was evicted through a back door and Goody was distraught. As the master and servant task ended, she was comforted by Lloyd and O'Meara, and the trio formed a group united in their dislike of Shetty. Their gossiping about Shetty soon turned into bullying. They criticised her employing servants in her home, which was less about the inequities of class than a masquerade for racism. The group mimicked her accent and made ignorant assumptions about Indian culture and cuisine. They labelled her dirty, laughing that Indian people must all be thin because they are unable to cook properly. In unaired scenes, Goody and her fellow housemate created a limerick about Shetty, which alluded heavily to a racist term. The fact they stopped short of saying it indicates that they understood very well the potential consequences of their behaviour. These racist taunts soon burst to the surface in a fiery row between a furious Goody and a shocked and upset Shetty. Goody aggressively tore into Shetty, swearing and accusing her of being fake and a liar. She declared that Shetty was, quote, no princess here, end quote, 
and that she needed, quote, a day in the slums, end quote, all while Danielle Lloyd and Joe O'Meara sniggered and laughed behind her. A tearful Shetty fled the situation, but it wasn't over yet. The following morning, as a bullying threesome discussed the argument, Goody launched into an infamous tirade. Amongst a slew of offensive name-calling, she referred to Shetty as Shilpa Poppadom. Outside the Big Brother house, audiences were aghast at the unfolding events. By the time the final explosive argument had aired, media regulator Ofcom had received a record-breaking 25,000 complaints from the viewing public. By the end of that series, Ofcom had received nearly double that. Hertfordshire police confirmed they were investigating the incident and the public were calling for Goody to be removed from the house. Many of the programme's sponsors had already withdrawn their support and the owners of Big Brother Studios were threatening to refuse permission to film the show. The tabloids turned once more on Goody, labelling her a vile racist and a bully, with the Daily Mirror running a front-page editorial titled Beauty vs. Bigot. Goody's autobiography was pulled from bookshelves, her perfume line discontinued, and her name was dropped from various advertising campaigns. The scandal began to fuel tensions between ministers in the British and Indian governments, with politicians forced to comment on the escalating situation in an attempt to avoid a major diplomatic incident. Goody was cancelled once more, and this time, it was global. Three days after the argument, the public evicted Goody from the Big Brother house, with 82% of the vote being cast against her. She left to an empty arena due to fears for her safety. Sure to get their tape of a reaction, she was confronted by host Davina McCall with the video footage of her behaviour. Visibly shocked, Goody was adamant that she was not racist, though she accepted that she had been, in her words, nasty. But the half-apology was too late, the damage had been done, and she would struggle for the rest of her life to address the shadow cast by her own actions. However, the calls for cancellation didn't end with Goody. Many were deeply unhappy with broadcaster Channel 4's handling of the event, calling for Big Brother to be taken off air. Alongside the police's investigation, which resulted in no formal charges, official investigations were launched by both Ofcom and Channel 4. Ofcom found that Channel 4 had breached the broadcasting code in showing the racist behaviour of the housemates, and official sanctions were imposed. Following their own investigation, Channel 4 accepted responsibility for broadcasting offensive footage and made permanent changes to their broadcasting code. In future years, Big Brother adopted a zero-tolerance policy on any potentially offensive discriminatory language, and contestants were regularly removed from the programme for doing so. Just three years after the incident, Channel 4 announced they were ending their contract with Big Brother. While the programme continued to air on a different channel for seven more years, it never truly recovered. The public's response to Jade Goody throughout her career has informed reality television as we know it now. While producers continue to tread a tightrope between explosive and popular, storylines and contestant welfare, contestants themselves are hyper-aware of the public's watchful gaze. Goody's initial rise to fame inspired many people to attempt to replicate her success, with reality TV shows experiencing a boom in applications, and her fall from grace didn't stop those with stars in their eyes from applying. Instead, it made them curate versions of themselves for television that they felt would win the public over biting their tongue in situations where they may otherwise have argued, or sitting on the fence in order to avoid causing offence, fearing the cancellations that Goody suffered. 
The result is reality television which can sometimes feel like a simulation of actual life, where big issues are skirted around and contestants are continually at risk of ejection. Those that risk confronting issues head-on are quickly cast as villains, condemned by the public through pylons not dissimilar to those Goody experienced nearly 20 years ago. Goody's story was, and still is, one of aspiration and one of warning. Years after her appearance on Celebrity Big Brother, Goody continued to attempt to atone for her behaviour. The media circus, which she'd previously controlled, pounced on her, and she was brought to tears in regular interviews in which she apologised for her behaviour and insisted she wasn't racist. Her sad, dejected image bore a sharp contrast to the bubbly, bright persona the public had seen previously. And while her vulnerability was sad to see, it was unclear whether she was looking for exoneration or promising to change. Goody was damned as she did, and damned as she didn't. A private trip to India to visit and donate to a children's charity resulted in a media frenzy, where she apologised once more at an impromptu press conference held at her hotel. She told reporters that she was sorry for the hurt and the pain her actions caused, insisting that her visit and donation did not amount to a publicity stunt and that she was trying to learn and make reparations. For someone who had courted the press previously, the public found it hard to believe that Goody was innocent of trying to win them back around. She was seen by many as a bully and deserving of the humiliation she was facing. A spectacle was made of her misery. The press less concerned with repair following her actions than selling a story of a fall from grace. Eventually, Goody accepted that her remarks could have been racist, whether intentionally or not, and pledged to change. In true Jade Goody style, she did not hide away from the darker sides of her past, continuing to express regret for her previous behavior whenever it was raised. But she did start to move on. As we have seen in many supposed cancellations, Goody began to capitalize on her story. She set about plans to launch a second fragrance line, titled Controversial, and prepared for her return to the screens. In August 2008, Goody appeared on the Indian version of Big Brother, hosted by previous rival Shilpa Shetty, to further clear her name and relaunch her career. Just two days into the show, she discovered that she had terminal cervical cancer and immediately withdrew, flying home to the UK. While it was not aired in India, the personal conversation in which she found out her diagnosis was filmed. Over the following months, the nation's view of Goody swung once more following her diagnosis. Once again, the public were reminded of her vulnerability, of the human behind the offensive behavior and unfiltered comments. The knowledge that her illness was terminal added a sense of urgency to the public's forgiveness. From the desperation of cancellation, Goody's star began to rise once more. Goody's story took place before cancellations were cancellations in name, but it bears the trademark complexity of cancel culture as we know it now. As we see from Goody, few cancellations are permanent, with those at the center of the storm either capitalizing on their controversy or benefiting from swing in public favor. Before she passed away seven months later, Goody returned to television screens in a documentary showing her cancer treatments. She released a second autobiography charting the highs and lows of the past few years. As she had done following her stint in the Big Brother house, she sold stories to papers and magazines about her final months, building her legacy as well as funding the inheritance of her two young boys. Such was Goody's relatable persona, 
that medical authorities in the UK began reporting a surge in requests for cervical cancer screening. As a result of the publicity, her name was raised once more in the Houses of Parliament as government health ministers agreed to review their policy to include younger people in screening. Even as she was dying, Jade Goody was at the centre of a national conversation. She'd become a living embodiment of the public, their vulnerabilities and their flaws, their aspirations and their goals. If Jade Goody was an example of early cancellation, what might we conclude from her life? We could argue that she wasn't cancelled at all, as she continued to ride the waves of public opinion from sky high to rock bottom and back again. She was one of the most influential and talked about media personalities of her generation, receiving just as much media attention when she was in their favour as when she was at their mercy. Was she held accountable for her offensive racist comments? She certainly lost her livelihood, but it was restored soon afterwards. While Goody never blamed anybody else and eventually took responsibility for her actions, this was somewhat lost in the hyped-up humiliations she faced at the hands of the media. Even if she'd taken full responsibility from the outset, would that have been enough? When someone does something wrong, do we actually want them to be accountable? Or would we rather they were publicly shamed and humbled before us? Former Big Brother housemates Danielle Lloyd and Joe O'Meara also faced the public's fury on their exits from the house. But it was Goody that took the weight of their scorn. Why? Perhaps the public deep down still saw her as a chav, someone to look down on. And they had been waiting for her to prove them right. Goody broke through the boundaries of class. She ascended from a section of society that was openly mocked and scorned. She faced down an attempted cancellation and won over the public's hearts, but in the end, fell afoul of the unabashed persona that had been her initial asset. Loved and loathed, revered and reviled, Jade Goody resisted definition. She tried to break free from, but was proud of her working class roots. She was bold and brash, yet emotional and vulnerable. She was both the bully and the bullied. Her life was a terrifying ride on the roller coaster of public goodwill. Would things have been different if Jade Goody's story took place in 2022? Perhaps, but because of her, there will never be another reality television contestant quite like her. Just as she'd lived her life in front of cameras, Goody's funeral was televised. Thousands lined the route of her funeral procession from Bermondsey to Essex. The service was broadcast onto screens outside the church, around which thousands more mourners gathered. It was perhaps a fitting end for Goody, something which many would see as the ultimate invasion of privacy, but something which she would have tragically found normal. The legacy she left behind was complex, but it was full, full of triumph, failure, humility and shame, with every single piece of her available for the public's consumption. This episode was written by Michael Chakravarti. This is a Broccoli production. 